Have you ever wondered why you're not making a podcast? Maybe because you think it's too hard. Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I mean, you're immediately in the podcast game. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So right now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Just go to A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M and join me on Anchor. Broadcasting from the heart of Cascadia and the edge of the world, welcome to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. It's Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Tonight, we speak with writer Chris Blake, a lawyer and writer whose recent guest article for Terra Obscura, The Pattern and the Phenomenon, When Persons of Color See UFOs, tackled the topic of race and the anomalous. He studied political science, philosophy, and communications in his native Deep South, a former newspaper op-ed columnist and magazine features writer. He's our guest tonight from Zurich, Switzerland, Chris Blake, next on Night Draft. I loved your guest post at uh, my friend MJ Benias's Terra Obscura blog. How did this all happen for you? How did you connect with MJ Benias? And how did we get the opportunity to learn this insight from you in this post? Well, as described in the, in the, in the post, I had had an experience going back to 2009, actually not long before I had moved back to the U.S., and as you will hear from so many different people, when, when, when something like this happens to them, you just have this incredible urge to want to know, you know, what was it? Mm-hmm. And I've been looking at different sources and reading different things, listening to different people for years. And I'm sure that sounds very familiar to you. And being a writer, um, I always wanted to try to talk a little bit about what my experience of the thing was and then what it has been like since then. And I, you know, MJ Benias pops up, you know, I, I uh, have read some of his stuff. Um, I, I saw, you know, I've heard him interviewed numerous times and thought, well, you know, if I'm going to discuss a topic in ufology that is, you know, a little bit philosophical, 
there's only one place I can take this to that <laughs> I think that, that's credible and that I'm comfortable with. And yeah, I just reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, uh, you're the guy, are you interested in this? And he said he was, and I was very happy that he, he was willing to publish it. Take us back to that night when you had your sighting. What did you experience? It will sound a little mundane to what some people have described experiencing, but basically I was in Switzerland, Zurich, Switzerland, where I am now. Uh, I was living in a um, rooftop apartment, uh, not a big apartment, but nevertheless roof, rooftop apartment. And I'm just walking along one Sunday carrying a basket of laundry. I will never forget that because I literally dropped the basket of laundry. <laughs> I, I was uh, walking along and uh, I looked out, just ca- casually glanced at the skylight. You know, you, you're looking out and the patterns of the planes to the Zurich airport, which is some miles away from where I was. But nevertheless, you just get used to seeing those planes going in that pattern. And I just noticed a plane in that pattern. No, no big deal. I see it all the time. But this is when the basket dropped because clearly in the, in the not as far distance, nearer to where I was, but still in the distance, I saw these five objects that were not there the moment before. They just weren't there. And then they were hmm. there. They were five objects. Uh, you know, people talk about, oranges oranges lights and these were rather orange but the thing that struck me the most was the fact these five objects had not been there before now they were there and they were stationary they were not moving and at no point while i was looking at this did i think i was simply looking at lights i'm thinking that has as much as much structure as much reality as that plane going by in the uh, background I, I, I just dropped the basket. I'm just looking at this. And it is just, you know, through the years when I've heard people just talking about seeing something, you know, in that instant, what you may have believed or what you thought, you know, your, your view of what is real and what can't be possible, it just changes. It's just immediately upside down. So I see these five objects. I drop the basket. And I just, I'm just looking at this, just utterly stunned. And then as I'm looking at this over the next few, uh, I don't know, you lose track of time, but we're talking maximum 30 seconds, maximum. Um, The five objects were there. And then two of these objects in what appeared to me to be a coordinated way, two of these objects just went off to what would have been my right in my field of view. Just, and I mean, just gone, like there and then just gone, just moving so fast that they were gone in yeah. and, and, and literally a flash, you know, and then I'm, I'm still just staring at this. So now you have three objects still stationary there. And then uh, uh, one of them then just takes off going into the distance, actually in the direction of where that plane still is slowly going by in the background and just went over the horizon in a, with a speed that it's just, it, it, it just boggled my mind. And I'm mm. still watching this. Now there are two objects. And just as the five had appeared before, now there were only two and they disappeared. Mm. And I, um, I, I, I remember, you know, I don't talk about it, this in the, in the piece, but I, I remember going around to the living room and sitting on the couch 
and, and just knowing I'm stuck with this now. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to know what that was. And I, oh my God. there was a part of me that was wishing that it had not happened. And I can assure you through the years, even more so. Right. I wished it had not happened because right now you got, I, I even if I don't have an overwhelming expectation that I'm ever going to fully know, I have to try. Right. Yeah. You've descended from Plato's cave. Yeah, Ex- exactly. Exactly. And there's no going back. God, I wish I could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's one of the most interesting and compelling relationships that folks sort of describe with the phenomenon in that they don't necessarily want to have seen what they experienced. And there are symptoms, there are states of mind that are more similar to a post-traumatic stress disorder than that of some holy enlightening. These, these are moments that affect people greatly on a psychological and, and almost physiological basis because that reality construct, right, has I, forever changed. Exactly. And, and then when you're talking about uh, how it can affect people in that way, you know, there are people who talk about, and I think there's some validity to this, and and I, I and you know I'm a little bit hesitant to go in this direction because it is one of these things can make that can cause people to start to discount uh, a little bit of what people mm. are saying they saw. But it 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 there does seem to be something to people in a certain stage or going through a particular thing might have more of a tendency to have some type of an experience. Mm. Now, m- me personally. Um, I don't mean to be flippant about this, but at the time, you know, I was uh, going through a divorce from my wife. She was the reason I originally came to Switzerland. I I would not wish divorce on anyone, but I can say that it was not something that was troubling me so much. I just, I mean, I'm not trying to be flippant, but I, I have to put that out there because maybe that's a piece of the puzzle. I don't know, but I'm sure you hear this all the time as well. You know, the the idea of seeing something like this was not something that I spent time thinking about. Right. Uh, You know, I'm 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 an avid reader, but anyone could tell you that to get Chris to read science fiction was like trying to pull teeth or fancy. (laughs) It's just not going to do it. This is, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, finding yourself in what many would consider a liminal state, a state of transition right and i love in your article and i'll I'll mention it later you bring up the inherent problems with a perspective in dualism and that perhaps you don't say this in your words but perhaps a a, a lens that is non-dualist is perhaps required to fully understand this phenomenon or get closer to try and understand, but, but I'm getting too ahead of myself. I want to go back to the situation you found yourself in. You had this great quote and it really resonated with me. You're standing there and you're trying to come to grips with what you saw and you call it mundane, but I wouldn't just in terms of the emotional and psychological and physical reaction that you had to this. I would say it's far from mundane, Chris. You quote, knowing what you saw while not knowing what you saw. And isn't that the phenomenon just wrapped up into a bow? 
I, I think I think so. Yeah. Um, and then the question becomes, how much peace can you find with that? Because that might be worse, might be all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think I think that I think that is it. Uh, you know, I my philosophy is rusty because I have not studied it for years, but. You know, I am well trained in my way of thinking that I, I don't make assumptions. So for me, I'm not, you know, I don't make any more or less of an assumption about what that I saw than I would really, you know, I say about a table or a computer, but I, I, I sort of mean that yeah. because, I mean, it, again, it might be just about all you're going to get, whether you're talking about holding a glass of water or seeing something in the sky. It might be as right. good as it's going to get. The proof, the truth, sometimes seemingly lays within the experience itself, doesn't it? I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> but, 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 but then the thing is, you know, when you're having these conversations with people, this is another uh, dark alley you can go down because... I'm not wholly comfortable with people saying, well, you know, if a person believes it's true, then it's true. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's it, that, that's a challenging spectrum to find yourself on this yeah. idea of belief becoming manifest. And that's all it means. Is it really that, or are we trapping ourselves within a paradigm that is not too dissimilar to what we find ourselves in right now, which is, uh, problematic and regressive. And, you know, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on is because of this article spoke to a lot of things that have been going through my head that I haven't been able to uh, truly and frankly articulate as sort of just a white dude. And that's this idea of the pattern and and this 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 phenomenon called the pattern that when paired with the supernatural, the anomalous, uh, reflects uh, greater inconsistencies and uh, challenges within the cultural zeitgeist within society itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I found the phenomenon is really great at being a reflective source of what we're going through as human beings. So can you explain a little bit about what the pattern is and how is it a, a, a deficit or a challenge to something like ufology or the study of the paranormal in general? Well, and let me say, let me, I want to start at a high level and try to make it a little bit more personal because that's Please. how I got to where uh, I uh, ended up writing what I did. The pattern for me is something that is just throughout all of our society. Now, I am living in Europe and I'm from America, so when I'm writing, I'm talking about both places, but I'm primarily talking about America, although it's not just an American phenomenon. I just understand and have experienced that more. But the pattern is is just that people of color, myself being one, obviously, talk about what our experiences are, what we think is happening. And that way that we describe our experiences is often challenged by people who cannot walk in our shoes, not claiming we could walk in other people's shoes either, but you ought to be given some credence for talking about what you think you are experiencing, but there is a pattern throughout all of society to deny that these things happen or that people are experiencing certain things. And I'm talking, you know, specifically about racism and discrimination. 
Um, I mean, in the headlines now, I don't want to beat this to death or lose course of what we're talking about, but in the headlines now, I, I don't think there's very many people who think that these two dudes in Georgia would have been arrested, but for there being a, bit, uh, a tape, you know, there's a mobile yeah. phone. And, yeah. you know, if, if there had been, I'm, I, you know, I think had there been a black witness without tape, I don't know that they would be believed. Now, that might be willful right. disbelief, but the effect is the same. So, so that's, that's the pattern that I see and I think is very hard to deny in all of society. Now, when I apply it to this, it was the experience that I started to notice I was having when I started opening up a little bit to people about, well, mm. this is what happened. This is what I saw. And, you know, the first few times, maybe you don't, pay it as much attention, but I did start to realize, you know, this pattern that is unfortunately in our society, it even is taking place when you're talking about, you know, I don't, I hate the word paranormal, but specifically I'm talking about having seen something that would classically be described as UFOs, but in general, the phenomenon, the pattern applies here too, because I'm finding that people who look like me tend to believe me a whole lot more than people who don't look like me. And wow. that's not good. That's, that's just not good. Um, because I feel like we don't understand what's going on. At least if someone does, they're not telling me, you know, they're not telling society in general what's going on. <laughs> right. So, you know, we need, to do, we need all of the uh, witness testimony, all the stories and experiences and we judge them equally, no matter who they come from, because that's the best chance we have of trying to understand what's, what's happening. And, you know, I do, a, I make a carve out in my piece. I say that, well, you know, I, I believe that if someone has had these experiences personally, not just writing about them or thinking about them or investigating them, but has had such an experience themselves, I think they're le- a, a lot less likely to, even if they're not the same race as the per- other person, I think they're a lot less likely to, you know, engage in this pattern, to, to, to uh, be left, to, to not want to believe someone who does not look like them. I think that they will just want to try to get to the truth. However, uh, I guess there was some, there was a piece that you probably saw. There was a piece that came out in the guardian, um, what, a couple of months ago where someone was talking about uh, their parents. I think their father's experience as a black person participating um, in UFO groups and feeling some, dis- well, not, I guess a lot of discrimination um, right. even there. So, you know, maybe even that carve out of people who have had an experience might not be as valid as I would like it to be. But the pattern is what we see in all of society. I'm applying it to the phenomenons, thus the title, the pattern and the phenomenon. This is a topic that in all of my time exploring, the esoteric and the paranormal, and in specific, ufology. I've never seen addressed in this way. Well, is this good or bad? That's the next question, (laughs) because it should have come up before, because black folks see UFOs. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. You, You know, you describe very eloquently this notion and the power of status quo. Can you talk a little bit about how much emphasis and power is established within, you know, sort of sustaining a status quo? Well, I think, and this is again, when we can look at the broader society, I I, I think that 
whether something is true or not, if you are at the top of a, of a particular society or social structure, what you're saying doesn't need to be true, and you don't even have to necessarily uh, believe it yourself for you to want to continue to benefit from being in that position. Mm. And, if, you know, if, if, if I'm the uh, king of the hill, I, I, you know, it's just human nature, unfortunately, to want to maintain that status quo. So, you know, I, I talk just in passing a, a, a little bit, a little bit about Hume because, you know, Hume talked about, you know, miracles don't happen. It doesn't matter how many people say they saw a miracle because they just don't happen. Well, I think you do see a little bit of that type of thing when you're talking about um, UFOs because, or I don't want to just say UFOs, but let's just say the phenomena or, 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 the, or I hate the word, but what other word is there? The paranormal experiences. Yeah. You know, th- these are things that could challenge religious beliefs, especially because I, I definitely have found that um, not not religious uh, people of color, but especially uh, even white evangelicals back home. These are people who are some of the ones who are least likely to want to give any credence to to uh, anything of the nature of what we're talking about. Or right. if they do, then it's somehow demonic. You're challenging religion. You're potentially challenging science, the status quo of religion and of science. And I would even dare say that if you went far enough with it, uh, I'm not going to steal from MJ or anyone else, but, you know, you could even challenge economic systems. People yeah. always talk about, well, what would happen if uh, it's not going to happen, but what would happen if, you know, the president uh, announced they're real and they're here you know, religion collapsing and all of that. Okay, fair enough. But I've often said, yeah, but nobody's going to turn up for work either. No one's going to be interested <laughs> in paying for anything either. And people are not going to just give you the benefit of the doubt that that piece of paper that you call a dollar is backed up by it. I mean, a lot of this is just what we put into it. And the status quo needs to maintain, or I would argue it wants to maintain what allows it to be at the top of the strata. And, and, that, and that is religion, that is science, that is whatever. So stuff like this, it needs to be, dis, it needs to be uh, put, pushed aside. And I argue that those who are best able to, stat, to challenge the status quo are people who, are, who look like or typically would be in, that, in the status quo. Um, you know, when you get right. someone uh, that looks like you, has, I don't know, lack of a better way to put it, as just as much money or, I don't know, background as you in science or family or whatever it might be, and they're telling you, well, this and this and this, well, that challenges you a lot more than, you know, some, uh, I'm not belittling him, but a farmer in, you know, Nebraska who looks up at the sky and, and thinks, oh my God. We'll be right back with Chris Blake here on Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. Follow Euphemet on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.
drifting into the night. This is Jim Perry. You are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. You know, so you describe these individuals that may be similar or at least tangential to some authority figure or someone that the mainstream media can put trust in. And you point towards something like TTSA mm-hmm. to the Stars Academy. And because of their based individuals that are involved in that, because they're wearing suits and are former governmental officials, there's some sort of capital to that, correct? And some sort of nudge into the status quo as in being authorities to publish. What do you think that is about? Oh, God, that has so many layers to it. Uh <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try to answer the question that I think you're asking me rather than the one that just keeps me wondering and wondering and wondering. I mean, we have a little bit of time, so please expand and expound, and the floor is yours, my friend. Well, well, I feel like, you know, uh, I'm a guy over in Switzerland with a lot of curiosity who practices law uh, for a large company. But someone like yourself and MJ and you guys, you get a whole lot closer to these uh, Alizondos and these type of characters. And (laughs) I, (sighs) I'm just not sure what to make of it. You know, it's like, yes, these are guys who uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name, who is the former uh, department of defense or intelligence. uh, 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 Mellon. Was it Christopher Mellon? People, people like this. These are, these are real dudes. You know, these are real dudes. And so when someone, they start saying, hey, look, this is something, or Rockefeller, I guess he didn't go, but when these are real dudes. When they start talking about this stuff is real, it's got to shake the earth for people who know them and, and work with them and look like them and, you know, talk like them. But then I have to assume from my distance that, it's all not necessarily pure, but it's all sincere. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, I, and I, and I know what I want to believe and what I think, but I don't actually know. So what they are up to, I would hope is to say most likely this is going on. It's been going on for a very long time. We were there. We know it. You sort of know it. You're turning your head the other way, but just because we don't understand it doesn't mean we shouldn't acknowledge it. That's what I hope is happening. But it could be something that's, you know, not, not that. I, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but it's just when you ask me that, it's one of these things that, you know, it, it occurs to me at least more often than it should. Let me just put it that way. Um, what are these guys up to? What do they want to accomplish? Are they for real? God, I hope so. <laughs> well, I think that's a really healthy way to think about all of this, isn't it? I mean, the phenomenon itself, I think, requires a level-headed, uh, sort of grounded uh, skepticism in, in some regards, just to ground yourself within the reality, because this all becomes too strange too quickly. And I think the same should be and uh, probably would be of most benefit to think about what is being said by officials in the same way, whether they're within the old guard of ufology or the governments themselves, correct? Should we not apply a skeptical eye to to what information is being given? And 
is there a way that we can sort of inform ourselves in our communities that would help protect ourselves? I, I would hope so, but, you know, I'm not fully plugged in uh, to, to, to the community, but from what I can see and read and hear, it seems to be quite fractured. Yeah. Um, and, 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 that, and that's unfortunate too, but I just know this. I just know this. Um, people, I, and may, I'm sure you, well, I don't want to assume anything, but I, I, I would think that many people in my position would have had a similar experience. I love being able to point people towards that New York Times article. Now, yes. sometimes the response that they come back with is shockingly underwhelming. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> what? How can you, I mean, what, the, what do you, so, but I, I, I still do that. And, and I do get some uh, satisfaction from people who want to know more after they see that. And then maybe I point them towards Leslie Kane or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, 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 but on the other hand, I wish that there was more that I could uh, grab onto. It seems like there's a lot vested in what these guys, meaning the TTSA, it seems like there's a lot vested in what they're up to. And, and I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, well, you know, these guys, they're frauds, whatever, and you better just walk away. So there's help. I agree we need to have that healthy skepticism in general. But there's a lot vested in whatever these guys are up to. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Well, you frame it very, uh, very well in, in your article that out of all the movements, out of all the figures and characters that have come out of ufology, they've been able to demonstrate in a way that has earned them cultural cachet and yeah. have moved the needle of the conversation, yep. at least in a mainstream way. How, how can we rectify that and, you know, allow other voices to insert themselves into this, to increase the possibility of more cultural cachet? Because it's something that I've noticed <laughs> as someone yeah. on the fringe of this, there isn't a lot of things besides entertainment and fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And it, and it, and that's a, that's a troubling thing too because it's a, we're, we're talking about culture now. And if you're going to uh, change people's minds, you have to change the culture. And just the other day, I was watching. I won't. I, I probably shouldn't, so I won't say who or what, but. I was watching a very prominent person uh, who pops up a lot talking about these issues and in my view has a lot of credibility was engaged in a conversation with someone. And I thought, you know, now this is something I, sh I could really show to people as a real good overview. And then they will say, I need to think about this until these guys start with the, uh, it, it is entertainment, I guess. So, you, you don't want a dull screen. So, you know, they start showing clips from movies during their conversation. I'm like, well, it's over now. <laughs> so yeah. people see that it's done. And so right. how, how do you, how do you bring more cachet? That's not how, but on the other hand, they would probably say, well, no one's going to sit here and listen to dudes talking that you got to have visual. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's tough. It is really, really tough, but it was so disappointing for me. And I can, you know, there are a million of these different things. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard incredible conversations on some podcasts and then it will veer. And I'm like, well, I can't send this thing. I mean, 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I get it. And uh, I share those sentiments. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges of, you know, even personally, looking at observing this phenomenon through a dualist lens. Well, for me, it is a very, it is a very personal thing, but for me, I just, and I do think some of this is how I was, <laughs> this is going to sound like heresy to people who are uh, Southern Baptists, you know, I'm raised in South Carolina, you know, everyone's pretty much, not everyone, but a lot of people, most people are Baptists. This is not going to sound like what they think they taught, they were teaching me as a kid, but to mm. me, the world, you start with the world is not what it seems. We're, the, the world is physical, but it is not what it seems. It's a transient thing. Then I start looking into Eastern uh, philosophy, even as a kid. So for me, it just comes naturally not to assume that everything is material or everything is immaterial or everything is body or everything is mind. I think once you start talking in that way, you have no chance of, others will disagree, but I personally think once you start talking in that way, you have no chance of understanding, mm. particularly this topic, particularly this topic, because people see things and they don't leave a trace. But then people see things and then, you know, they get radar hits or I'm not going to talk about, let's just say that there are sometimes radar hits. Certainly we've seen these videos that, you know, we want to think are sincere, but it, it is just so, it is something that is extremely complex that we're never, I don't think we're ever going to understand, but I think we have to try. And I don't think you can separate what we think of as material from what is immaterial or body from mind. I think it is, one in the same. And I've always thought that. And I, and I think if you were to, uh, if you, you know, if you were to go back to when I was a kid and talk to my grandfather, you know, dead and gone, but talk to him about when he starts talking about Jesus, he's, I mean, you know, what he's describing, whether I believe this now or not is not the issue, but what he's describing is neither physical nor spiritual. It is both. What, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think that is just the inherent nature of how we observe and experience things. I, I, what it means, I have no idea. But I believe what I saw in the sky was there and wasn't there. I know, makes no sense, but that is what I believe. Yeah. I believe that's the closest thing to any sort of truth. A lot of people ask me what I believe, and I say, I don't know what I believe, and even that I'm questioning. And yeah. that's that same paradigm. You know, yeah. it's there, but it's not. It's real, but is it? It's more real than real. You describe telling the story of your sighting to your father. How, how did that go down? Uh, I should not say it, but at the time I thought, or I shouldn't have thought it, I should say, but at the, but I thought, you know, <laughs> this really is, I mean, again, it's South Carolina and this is a man who, you know, very strong in his own religious beliefs. And he, the last thing he's thinking about 
or even wanting to watch a movie about is, is a UFO. But mm. when I described this experience to him, he just said, yeah, you know, it's possible. Anything is possible. I believe you. Um, and at the time I thought, well, I'm grateful for that. It's good to be believed, but really over time I started to realize, and I do write a little bit about this and it's a hard thing to explain to people, but I think when you were raised in a culture and this isn't just black people, uh, but I'm, you know, that's where I'm coming from. But when you're raised in a culture where mystical beliefs, if you want to call them that, are just as real as anything else over time, your mind is just more open to whatever. So I said, you know, we never did a deep dive on it, but I suspect my father thought, well, you know, just add it to the list. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, I don't go to the, about, go into them in this article, but I mean, there's so many things that as a child, this is, you know, not stuff happen, occurring in a church or something like that. I'm just talking about personal family experiences. So many things occurred as a child that I know for a fact happened that had they not happened and someone were to try to introduce that to me as an adult, I think my skepticism would override my ability to embrace it. Wow. It, they just did. And, 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 yeah. they, and they continue to. Yeah. But would they if I had not had the experiences that I've had? You know, because I do know people who are extremely, and I don't want to say they're extremely skeptical. Let's say that they, um, I don't want to say they pride themselves in the way they think. No, what they are is just have, they just have a different worldview than what I might have. And they might experience something they can't explain. But rarely have I personally seen it change them from the mm. belief system they have. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe you got to, unless it's something extraordinarily profound, maybe you got to get hardwired young. I, I don't want it to be the case, but maybe that's often how, how it works. I don't know. Um, well, I, I think you sp it was so fascinating to hear your perspective as a black man. You know, relating the story that when your experience walking around in everyday life seems so surreal, your seeming relationship to prejudice and things of this nature, that a lot of folks in that community perhaps witness something and go, well, I guess why not? Because everything else is so strange. Exactly. Exactly. That, yeah. But it took me a long time to realize that is probably a part of the reason why my father and I only reached back to thinking about his uh, reaction as I started to experience other reactions from people of color. Why? 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 And I, and I, I do think that is a huge part of it. Um, just anecdotally, you know, because everyone's got a million stories. But just the other day, while trying to adhere to the social distancing rules, I want to add, I, I was uh, with a small group of people. And one of the persons, also a person of color like myself, and they started to tell a story about trying to find an apartment. And you could tell the rest, I mean, they didn't believe her. <laughs> they mm. simply did not believe her. And, you know, you could look at the good side of that and say, well, these people were perhaps so far removed from that way of thinking they just can't even comprehend it. 
on the other hand, that doesn't mean that you discount the other person's version of what they experience. And yeah, you know, if you can be earning what she's earning and not able to, I mean, it's a, just one example, but earning what she's earning and turned down for, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine that would color your lens in terms of seeing anomalous activity. <laughs> it, it, it does, because it, like you said, this, this, this makes no sense. This is warped. This is off. This is bizarre. You're in this bizarro experience that, you know, whether people believe it or not, you're living in this bizarro experience and bizarre things. Okay, well, okay, yeah, why not? But I do think on top of that, if you're coming from a culture that is vested in uh, mystical belief, if you want to call it that, uh, magical thinking, whatever, uh, you know, you're obviously going to be a, a whole lot more open. But you're not necessarily open to what you get. You know, I, nothing I was ever raised on or even thought about, I said earlier, was having anything to do with UFOs. I just vaguely thought like everybody who's thought about it, there's got to be life elsewhere. It's just too far. Now I don't even think about distance, you know, because we'll get it, you know, you start talking about dimensions and God, who knows? And maybe it's just you. It may be. It's just you, you or am I, and I am you, and it's just all one thing. God only knows. But what I really want to, if, if I were to have one message that keeps me sane in all of this, and I think you touched on this, however we define real, the effect is undeniable. And I think that's important, and I think it gets overlooked. Yeah, most definitely, Chris. Well, thank you for joining me here today. I want everyone to check out your article. The link is actually posted in the show notes. What is next for you in the study of UFOs or the strange? Are, are, can we expect more articles? Can we expect more work from you in this vein? Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because it will also be something that will spur me to get moving on it because I am involved in some <laughs> other things with working on some you know, I, I, every lawyer wants to be a writer, and so I've got other stuff going on. But I am quite <laughs> interested in, in this whole idea of I, I, people. It just seems to me like there's sort of like a great slumber. And mm. if we're forced to awake to be woken up from that, slum, that slumber, I'm talking about the fact that, like I said, you know, I show some people this New York Times article, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. I, I really think that some people could be in to, for a, I'm not going to do the Bryce Zabel thing with disclosure, that kind of stuff, but just the whole idea that if we even get a little bit closer, I mean, we've got the president of the United States being asked about UFOs. Whoever thought we would see this? So if we get even just a little bit closer, I think there will be enough people who will be forced to come out of a slumber that is going to be startling for them. Now, does it, manifest any great change in society i don't know but that's what i'm thinking about because I, i'm sure you as well are just amazed at how you can have these conversations with someone and there's like well you know i'm still gonna have to pay my mortgage <laughs> right a total disconnect from our societal sort of responsibilities and inherent reality and this other seeming reality tunnel that sits just adjacent just exactly. a finger touch away that is yeah. spellbinding 
Yeah, and I think and I think it's a big deal. It, and I know it's not a big deal to people outside of those who have a interest in it, but I think it could be for a lot more people a lot sooner than what some of them think. Then what? That's that's what I'm thinking about writing about next. Well, as you mentioned in your article, the phenomenon itself persists, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to Youthman Night Drift, Chris. Thanks a lot, Jim. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this edition of Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. Thank you to our guest, Chris Blake, as well as our sponsors, Spotify and Anchor. To read Chris's article for yourself, find the link in the show notes. For everything Euphemet, including how you can subscribe to the show, links to our Patreon and social media, visit euphemet.com. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Perry, and until next time, keep looking up. Follow Euphemet on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes. 